Welcome to the EFTM Formula One podcast. Trevor along with you, Harry Tucker and Connor McNally with me also. Um, we are here for the British Grand Prix and I've got to say, it's been a good morning. So boys, a very important question. We start off every single Grand Prix podcast with, thanks to KO, is Connor. Um, yes. For those who are tuning in, um, in lockdown or on their way to work, wherever they are, um, thinking about the podcast, but then thinking, should they watch the race or should they watch the highlights? Connor, your thoughts? I think they should watch the race in full. Oh, Harry? Mm, interesting. I'm going to say highlights. Typical uh, Formula One race at strong at the start, strong at the end, and a little bit slow in the middle. I'm with Harry. I'm going to suggest the uh, KO Mini or highlights. Um, it will give you the full excitement of what we saw without the uh, two-hour process. That's that's the way I see it. The EFTM Formula One podcast brought to you by KO, and if you haven't tried KO, get on it. Um, the uh, the freebies still exist, so you can watch all the practice uh, across the sessions across the weekend. And uh, for 25 bucks, you can get every single Formula One session live on your big screen, your small screen, wherever you might be. So uh, it's, um, it's a great way to go. It's how I enjoy every single Formula One session. Now, boys, before we get into the race, um, let's talk about the weekend because this was a monumental weekend, uh, not only because crowds were uh, in back in force under a new pilot scheme from the British government where you either had to be vaccinated or have a negative test uh, on arrival, um, but really it's the, it's the structure of the weekend. It felt very strange, Harry, sitting up uh, on Friday night thinking, I'm not going to watch practice, I'm going to watch qualifying? Yeah, like it, it definitely added... I guess, more excitement across the weekend as a whole. But I, for me, I, I'm sort of on the fence for it. I've been thinking about it since Saturday or I guess since this morning. See, that's the other thing. Now I don't even know what time of day anything is, oh, day it is. because <laughs> it's completely thrown away what I'm used to. But what for me, it was like good having something else to look forward to on Friday. Mm-hmm. But then that qual- the stakes for the qualifying never fell as much. And then as a result of the sprint race then, the sprint race results never quite felt like it had the tension of your Q3 and qualifying either. So it was like, okay, we got a little bit more excitement in a few more places, but did that detract as a whole from that, from a Q3, which can be nail biting to the last second. So I'm, I'm still on the fence. Um, I'm sure they're going to, they're going to do it for the, the full three races that they talked about and maybe it'll get better, but yeah, I think there's still a bit of work to, to, to Connor, go on there. What are your thoughts, mate? My thoughts are, I'm actually a fan of it. I, I'm, I'm growing to like it. it. It has some room for improvement, and there needs to be tweaks done moving forward to make the concept work. But it did create a lot of different scenarios that we probably wouldn't have guessed um, had we continued with the current trend of doing qualifying on Saturday. In fact, I can certainly assure you, we probably wouldn't have seen Checo up at the front. Well, probably not at the back. He'd be definitely up at the front, but the way... It all transpired with the sprint race format and Checo falling to the back of the field. And let's face it, he was nowhere tonight. Um, I think it, it definitely added a different bit of spice to the whole structure of the weekend. And we saw a completely different result in the race itself. So, look, I don't mind it. As I said, there's some tweaks to be done, some room for improvement. But... I think it can work in harmony with the current qualifying format. Uh, you wouldn't do it for every race, but you would oh, have a nice That's what I was going to say is if you like it a bit, do you think it could work consistently or can it work as an intermittent thing, Harry? Because 
does it need to be something they decide this is the way we do it or do they do it on an ad hoc basis at scheduled events throughout the year? Is it, is it like track dependent? Is it, could it be more exciting mm. on a track that is easy to overtake? Not that, well, Silverstone's not that bad for overtaking, so maybe maybe that doesn't make that much of a difference. Mm. But then you've definitely got the tracks like your your Monaco's where it would just, it adds nothing. Like literally, mm, that's, it's just oh. another processional. So You just, so you just what, couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I found uh, fascinating, um, annoying, a few little things about it. Like they weren't allowed to call it pole position. <laughs> um, they also weren't allowed to call it a race. It had to just be called the F1 Sprint because the FIA don't want it deemed to be a race. So it doesn't count as a Formula One race for, in the, the you know, statistics stats, and historical yeah. reasons, right? Mm. Now, I get that, but just can we just park all that to the side and still call it, you know, they qualified on pole position for the sprint race and the sprint race, you know, winner gets pole <laughs> position for the Grand Prix. I mean, it's not rocket science, but- is it? The best part about that for me was the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, it's not a race. It's not a podium. But then they've got the guys with wreaths, like, around them, then paraded oh, like they're this. a Roman emperor around the track. Yeah, but they're I'm like, no, there's no podium. That, thankfully. <laughs> oh, um, I, that I, I was so cheesy. I, I, here's, overall, I didn't think uh, qualifying felt different. Um uh, I actually didn't mind qualifying being on the Friday night though, mm. because you mm. know I rarely bother with F two, FP two because it's like, okay, it's it's going to be super late at night, three late nights in a row. My wife was more confused. She's like, "What are you doing up at this hour?" I came to bed. She's like, "It's yeah. four a.m. What are you doing?" I went Formula One. She goes, "Formula One's not." I went, "It's just it's complicated. Go back to sleep." <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't even that. explain. You know? I, I have to, to say the same thing to my girlfriend. She thinks, "Why are you staying up so late?" Well, you know, just come to bed. No, 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 no. Formula One's important right now. Um, I'll come to bed later, so yeah. don't don't worry. So look, I I think my, if I was to here's the problem is they're judging. They're like the ratings were amazing. The fan engagement was amazing. <laughs> of course, the fan engagement was amazing. It's the first time the Brits have been allowed to an event. <laughs> Secondly, of course, the ratings are big. Everyone's wondering what it looks like. So I think you can't judge it on those things. It needs to be judged That's on what it added to the event, right? And, and I think that what it added to the event for me was um, an, an exciting, like five laps of the 17 was super exciting on Saturday night. Um, the rest was pretty processional. So it didn't need to be so long, I think. I think it could have been 10 laps. Um, but I think that if we then fast forward a bit when we start talking about the actual race here, hmm. I think some of what we learnt in the first lap of the sprint race actually fed into what occurred in the first lap of the actual race in terms of seeing someone come from second into into the lead and someone then actually go, you know what, I can push for this in, in every corner because that's what I liked about the sprint race was it was like they were side by side, corner after corner, and that's the kind of racing we want to see, Harry. Yeah, definitely. But again, like it's, but it was kind of just like a, I think a, a shrunken version of the normal race, right? Like in your, you were there and you're like a five good, good laps and then the 12 bad laps or whatever, but that's just the same as any normal F1 race, right? Like you've got, uh, you know, the X amount of good laps at the start and at the end, and then even sometimes not even at the end. Um, but it just, because it was a smaller format, you didn't, I don't think you noticed the middle ones as well. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like. Let's all remember, this is all for TV ratings. Yeah. And and, mm. and I accept that. I understand that more than anyone. Cause you know, like Connie, you work in, in, in TV as well, yeah. but it's like, I get that. And that's also going to drive up the value of the sport. So let's, we need to park the fact that maybe it doesn't work for a traditional fan and maybe it's more engaging as a, 
um, you know, drive to survive viewer. And I still have people say to me, I've never watched this sport before, but you know, because of Netflix, I mm. do. Um, maybe they're going to understand better a one hour qualifying, half an hour sprint race, and then they're and they don't actually need to be pumped about the Grand Prix. So, you know, getting that viewership is, is critical. And, and I think that for that reason, it will stay. Um, and I think mm. that if there's a 20 race season next year, there'll be more. But if there's 20, I think 10 of them will have sprint race format. And I think that's that's proven. Like, look at the supercars, they've proven you can have different formats week to week. Um, big, long, or sprint, short races, and, and they've made that work. So, I but think those that, cars are a better setup for wheel to wheel racing, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. of course. And no, it no, also no. is. It's also dependent on the new regulations next year. And of course, we saw on Friday or Thursday, I should say, the the unveiling of the new twenty twenty car, the regulations that are set to those um, those rules. I wonder how and, much it's really going to look like that. I mean, they announce a car, but you know, they're all going to design stuff around the regulations. Uh, I can't wait to see what they really look like. Oh, I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure all the the front or both wings are going to look quite a lot different. I love the front. I love the front yeah, because it, yeah. it noses down like a, you know, it harps back to the, you know, the, the, the 90s, 80s um, Formula One cars where the, where the nose points down. And I, weirdly, I, I find that to be an important part of the open wheeler look. And I, I hope that that stays. Yeah. Um, but I just hope there's not little tassels off every friggin' part of it. Um, and and we'll, we'll see how that pans out. So let's talk about the race, the British Grand Prix. Um, uh, you know, run through the results real quickly. Lewis Hamilton wins from Charles Leclerc, um, Valtteri Bottas, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricciardo in fifth, Carlos Sainz in seventh, Alonso, Stroll, Ocon and Sonoda. It's actually quite a... Um, I don't think anyone could have predicted that top 10. Uh, Harry and I came pretty close to winning some big coin, um, but we'll talk about why we didn't. Um, You know, overall, I I did think it was a good race. We had an epic, epic first lap, Harry. Um, You know, what what I meant by the sprint was, you know, Max got ahead of Lewis in the sprint and Lewis followed him real close and challenged. And then I felt like it was kind of the opposite this time um, with them two still going, you know, hammer and tongs. Uh, in that first lap and that coming into cops um mm. the way i see it is max you know swerved on the straight left a just enough room on the inside of the corner for lewis to be there i think he was surprised that he was there and i think lewis pushed um harder than he he could on coldish tires and was never going to make the apex but i think max could, could have easily avoided that and i think as i said online and to you guys in reverse uh, Max would have put his car exactly where Lewis's was and um, he would have fought just as hard as Lewis did, Harry. Exactly. I, I think I think it's a racing incident. I think you could put, maybe put a little bit of blame on Lewis. I think the 10 seconds was, was probably fair. And I think if you went any harsher than that, it, it could be dangerous to, dis, you know, to discourage proper hard racing, which is what we all want. So I think the response was, was probably proportional and... You know, it's just it sucked for Max, and it was good TV for us, and and that was it. Mm. Sucked. He was winded. He like oh, that was a You mentioned he he looked dazed uh, coming out of that car. Um, yeah. There was a massive, massive hit. The the replays. The Drive to Survive episode will be good. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, without a question. And it was very much like a, a Ramon Grosjean situation. Obviously, we didn't cut to what happened with Max afterwards and look right call by FOM to not cut to the incident straight afterwards. Cause that would have been insensitive. But as soon as Max got out of the car and he was okay, he looked in a real day situation. It was like, 
what the hell just happened? You know, it was like it was knocked for six. But thankfully, the structure of the car really saved him. You know, that the, the monocoque and everything worked as it should. And, and Connor, if car, you were a steward, what would you have done with Lewis Hamilton? Well, I would have given him a penalty. In my opinion, second or? probably five second. I think, but then again, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, it's like if yeah, you don't give about, a penalty. What about, what about Helmut Marko's walking around saying he should be suspended for a week, dude? Yeah, oh. just let's go back to some of Max's replays over can, the years. On that, on that, the steward note there. Can we talk about the fact that Toto emailed Michael Massey? <laughs> yeah. He gets on the radio. And Michael Massey in the deadpan Aussie way goes, Toto, I don't read my emails during a Formula One Grand Prix. That was gold. That was gold. <laughs> well, you should go look at them now. <laughs> I will bring them up to you. Oh, man. So he's, you know what? I, I, I can't wait to see how or if they get published because, you know, Juno's will, will push hard. Toto's kind of oversharer and Toto will feel like Lewis, um, you know, got uh, over penalised because um, it, it was all about Toto apparently sent Michael Massey uh, useless because Michael Massey doesn't investigate incidents, the stewards do, but anyway, um, diagrams that show where a car should be on the track. And I'm assuming that shows that Max should have been somewhere else. And I've got to be honest, and Harry, maybe you, you have seen this and thought the same thing, but the helicopter shot was the most telling to me. It yeah. really showed, I think that showed racing incident. Every other shot showed Lewis, yeah. hey, 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 buddy. But I think the helicopter shot showed, no, nah, man, that was just side-by-side, wheel-to-wheel racing. No, I agree. I completely agree. It was when you once you got over the top there, like you're talking about, you could see the lines a lot clearer and, and it looked a lot like it was closer wheel-to-wheel. I think really when you look back at the last race in Austria, we saw a precedent where as soon as um, I think it was um, Hamilton or I can't remember who it was, but in the last race that we had this, or Checo it was, and there was this precedent on precedent of penalties being applied because as soon as you penalise one driver, you have to keep applying the penalty to everyone else that touches or, you know, it's like everyone is saying, oh, it's now discouraging the wheel-to-wheel racing and, Again, we see that precedent happen again from what happened on lap one. So, you know, I wouldn't want to be in Michael Massey's situation right now having to, well, well, the race steward's uh, position it's right not, now. It's having, not him, yeah. He didn't, yeah. He didn't make that, that decision. No, exactly. And that was the thing he was trying to say to Red Bull on the radio. And obviously they're emotional, they're charged up hmm. and all that as well. But he was like, it's, it's not me, guys. There's, there's the racing stewards, they're going to make this decision. Like, get the fuck off the radio type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I um just looking at the race overall outside of that because that first lap really dominated the the entire Grand Prix because of the impact that the, I guess the the flow on ramifications from the penalty but you know overall it's like strategy wise it was a pretty clear one stopper for everyone there was a couple that came in twice for different reasons Gasly uh, had a puncher um, Pierre, um Perez came in a couple of times because he was trying to um, get on softer tires and get through the course and then he he tried to undercut on the fastest lap which i didn't actually make note of I, i'm a one i'm assuming he got that because he went on to soft tires um yeah. which, de, which he was on a, the last lap a fascinating was. strategy isn't it harry because mm. that's that's red bull going right we need lewis to be deprived of as many points as possible so let's take one away from him brilliant yeah it was mm. a straight team play he was 
And it's exactly what they're looking for from that number two driver. Like this, the person who is yeah. willingly going to take away their individual point for the good of the team. Or it's not even for the good of the team because the Red Bull would have been the same. It's it literally was for Max and for his championship fight. Uh, absolutely. Well, it's not just that. It's also the Constructors' Championship as well. But it so, wouldn't have made a difference for the Constructors. Well, it has, he it has got, made. He would have got one, right? Yeah, and it has made a difference. By no, just I, that think, one I think point. we just mean that, that one point. Uh, you know, we all hope that this thing goes down to the wire in some way. We're getting some serious action now. We've got to admit this is probably the the closest season in in years. So mm. it's it's that one point could make a difference to Max Verstappen's potential world yeah. championship. And I think that's what's critical. Is um, you know we we really we see that teamwork going on. That's I think some people often really don't appreciate how much of a team sport this is in that sense. And that proves it like uh, team orders with Valtteri, um, not because Lewis wouldn't have got past him because you need to make it easy. Um, And single point deprivation like that is all going to count towards the end of the year. The other thing boys about this race that I I have to say is it seemed, and like you said, Harry, it was easy to pass at times, but on at Silverstone, but I just felt like this was a tough one. I mean, the fact that Carlos Sainz was within a second of Daniel Ricciardo for pretty much most of the race yeah. proves mm. that it, it can't be easy to pass here. No. And I think we, you know, with Carlos there as well, he was going, I think it was like eight seconds or something behind when he first came out of the pits. And then he made up that gap to about less than, uh, I think like just the one second within like a really short amount of time, like less than less than 10 laps. And then he was kind of stuck there for the remaining 10, 15 laps. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that, unfortunately, Connor, it, it, outside of, and this is why I think Harry and I both went for the highlight, not the not the overall Grand Prix, it was mm. processional in many ways outside yeah. of um, strategic differences, you know, where a car is on a str- – and you've got to remember, Lewis and Valtteri, that was a strategic difference because their tyre oh, age was different. Oh, absolutely. And look, as you said before, it was a team sport. It had to be a team decision, and Valtteri, you know, had to move out of the way because let's face it, Lewis is chasing to bring down that gap in the world championship to Max Verstappen and it worked tonight. So if, if I mean, Butters could have been really, really selfish and, and go, fuck you, I'm not going to do that, you know, because obviously he's, he's seats on the line for next year and we know that. But he could have really been stubborn about it and not give way to Lewis, but he did. And that was the right decision in the end. So, but I think, yeah, it, there, there are other matters. Like it was quite processional, but I only said watch the whole race more so for what was going on after that crash for Verstappen and all the drama between Red Bull and Mercedes because it is a vicious fight for not only the drivers but the Constructors' Championship right now and it was for all and sundry to see during that red flag stoppage and it was great television as far as I was concerned. That's why I say watch the full race. Well, if you want to watch the full race, you can do that on KO. If you haven't got a KO subscription, it'll cost you 25 bucks a month. Uh, if you're like me and your son keeps watching it and maybe other members of the household or, frankly, other members of your family seem to have stolen your password, um, <laughs> I've upgraded to the $35 plan so that we've got one extra screen. Um, because as my wife said to me, I think it was this week, we've got more screens than people in this house, you realise, um, as I put another television up in the garage for the kids. Um, why not? You know, why, why not have more screens, more devices? We've got KO on Apple TVs, on um, two televisions, on Google Chrome, Google Chromecasts, 
on on two TVs, and then you know every single one of us has it on our mobile phone. So yeah, twenty five bucks a month gets you all the sport. My son watches every Roosters game because he's a tragic Roosters fan, which is embarrassing for me oh. as an Eels fan. But so goes life. Um, but pretty much every sport you want and, and can want to watch live is on KO Sports. I might just put the golf back. I was watching golf before the Formula One, so I don't know how can, can, old can you I've spare, become. Can you spare a thought for the Bulldogs fans here, no. a.k.a. me? Is that they going badly? I don't really follow league. But, um. uh, we're, we're, we're bottom of the barrel right now. We're wooden spooners. So. Uh, okay. Well, bad luck. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk teams. Um, that There's no doubt that, you know, this was a big weekend for Mercedes, let's let's be clear. But really the big team um, improvements or the team battle here, Connor, is is McLaren and Ferrari. Mm. We'll get to the, the championship points in a bit. But this was a disappointing result for, for Ferrari because we haven't even mentioned really, but Charles Leclerc led every single lap except maybe five here or four. Um, mm. And and that, that would have been great points for Ferrari. Carlos in sixth, having started much further back, he probably had the best result of anyone in the in the field. Yeah. But, you know, a massively strong result for a McLaren in fourth and fifth, Connor. Oh, a fantastic weekend for McLaren across the board, not only for Lando, but for Daniel. Daniel really took it up to Lando, particularly in qualifying. And as you you and I were talking in the, the group chat, 0.0002 of a second difference between the pair at the end of Q3. Hmm. That is nuts. Yeah. And that that's set the precedent for the rest of the weekend. Um, I would have loved for Lando to have taken it up to Charles throughout the race. But that, that one pit stop, you know, that, that one pit stop where he was yeah, stationary for six era, seconds. Yeah. yeah. And that was, just, that was it. Uh, and my heart just sank for Lando. But... I was really happy for Dan tonight. I really wanted him to finish in the top five, and he delivered. So he started to get at one with the car now. It, it, there's still, he's still not happy 100% with the car, but he's in a much better place after this one than the last couple of races in Austria. And Harry's still talking teams before we get into the individual drivers. Not a bad result for Alpine in seventh and ninth. Um, kind of didn't really get much um, coverage in, in in the in the event. But, you know, we saw a lot of Fernando. Um, we didn't see any of Esteban that I saw. And probably the other one of note outside of Alpine was um, Aston Martin with Seb uh, not finishing the race, but Lance getting eighth, Harry. Yeah, I, I think uh, Ocon and Lance are... Especially Ocon are probably lucky that Pierre had that tire failure towards the end. The puncture had to change that. Mm. And then also, obviously, Perez gave up that spot there to try and get the, or he did get the fastest lap. So Ocon was probably, you know, probably 11th. Um, but they still got the point in the end and, and Fernando soft there. So as you said, good weekend for them. Um, half a good weekend for Aston Martin with Lance up there and then poor Seb. And, poor Seb. and um, and, yeah. and Seb, like Seb, had a had a cr- uh, shocker. He, had, he spun um, pretty much of his own accord entirely. Just you know, got yeah. on the gas too early, and um, you know, it's an embarrassing thing for a world champion to have Rookie done era. that, don't you think? I mean, it, you just look at it and you go, "How yeah, the hell?" Absolutely. That's what I do in F one twenty twenty one. When as soon as you turn the ABS off, yeah, you know, I just turn a bit of traction down and uh, just realize that I'm not gifted or talented in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've got to learn um, to essentially. I need to learn, and it's weird thing to have learnt through television. But you watch even the supercars. um, You watch those uh, foot cameras, and you realise, oh, they don't just stomp on the accelerator. They actually do feed in the gas. And it's like, okay, (laughs) that's that's what you meant to do. It is a will real wake up call for some. Yeah, if you if you just jump into the sim and you just go right flat to the boards. 
you're just going to keep spinning around left, right, and center. So you just got to feed the power in. And even you've got to modulate the brake pedal as well. So that's the thing that I've learned in the time that I've been just doing say, some sim Harry, racing. Listen to this bloke. Hey, I know, oh, right? Sim man, he gets his sim set up and yeah, he's, oh, he's, gonna be... he's talking about modulating the brake pedal. <laughs> he's going to be entering the next uh, Nissan GT Academy, I think. Oh, bring that on. Harry, the other thing that just while we're talking sims, um, did you pick up? The Lewis conversation from was it Friday where he, he went on, he went yeah. to the sim that morning. Now was it not only two months ago or three months ago where Lewis is saying, No, I only go to the sim once or twice a year, just you know, whatever. And now he's like, I gotta get in there. I gotta get in there. It's like he's realized it's a tool. Yeah. That, you know what? Here's how here's what I took out of it. And again, this is that kind of anti-Lewis feeling that I always have, unfortunately. But it's like, dude, you've just realized that that helps the team. Like that, that the team needs that more than you. It's not actually <laughs> you that needs it. It's you giving them feedback based on your amazing knowledge of the vehicle compared to the car in the sim. They need that data, dude. And and he gave it to them. I mean, I, hello. I, I don't even think that you know when he talks about the last few years and, and you know barely going on it was anything about you know not giving the team what they need. It was just that they were that far ahead of everyone else. And then this year, all of a sudden, you know, Red Bull is, is I guess, I would say they're comfortably quicker than them just on pure car pace. Yeah. And then now he has to get in there. So it's it's a real wake-up call for the whole team. All right. Well, let's talk individual drivers. And I, I have to begin by talking about one individual who disappointed uh, both oh, Harry and I greatly, oh, and that's George, George yeah. Russell. I had money on Lewis Hamilton winning, Charles Leclerc being in the podium, Lando Norris being in the points. Tick, tick, tick. Uh, all it needed was George Russell to score points. And given his performance all weekend, it's like, dude, that's an obvious one, right? I mean, there's just no doubt that will happen. <laughs> didn't happen. And my um, $360 uh, didn't win. Down the window. Mm. Didn't happen. What? Harry? What happened? Like, I, I, I just realized know. I had no idea. Like, how did he... He just, he just, he struggled off the line. He struggled off both starts. Because you got to remember, we haven't really mentioned, but with Max's crash, there was a red flag. And that the two grid starts meant George struggled twice. And he, he couldn't make that back. And obviously, also, you got to remember, I think the Williams is out qualifying itself. So... Mm. I should have known that, but I guess we just expected more people to, to more attrition. But the Williams is out qualifying itself, Connor. That's just absolutely yeah. obvious now. Oh, absolutely. And look, George is just driving the absolute wheels off that car, which really should be at the tail of the field. But he is doing absolute wonders, and he's made it into the last two qualifying sessions. He's made it into the top 10 twice. Unfortunately, he had that little incident with Sainz last night in the sprint race and had to start in from 12th by virtue of that three-grid penalty. But yeah, he's just driving out of his skin and he's making an absolute statement that he wants that Mercedes seat for next year. But that car really shouldn't be in the top 10 for any of those Grand Prix. It is still a tail-ender kind of car. But unfortunately, the race pace is not a true indication of what that car. Well, Harry, really I is. wonder whether the without that three place penalty, would he have been ahead of Gasly or Sonoda? Not Gasly, uh, or maybe he would have been. Ahead. No, would it would could he have got ahead of Sonoda? I wonder. I just, I just wonder whether or not he he was always going to drop out, um, given yeah. just the the general mm. waste pace of the car. Well, I, I guess like if you factor in that, uh, obviously Verstappen didn't That's finish, true. so he's Seven. already there at thirteen. Um, and again, with Perez, is probably should be basically where idiots well. are putting money on him. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he probably 
ended up where he would have been anyway. Yeah, Connor, um, Fernando had some cracking runs. He found this completely different line around some corners. And i got to say, watching him, especially that onboard from the sprint race, I think mm. he is showing, he showed here this weekend, he genuinely still has every ounce of his racing nous because he just, yeah. he drives like a, a he drives like my son on, 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 in F1 2021 without any care, you know, to, and, a, and a flashback potential. Absolutely. And just remember, it's been 20 years since he made his debut for Minardi. And I mean, that just, it seems crazy to a lot of people that it's been that long ago since he started in Formula One. But here he is, 41 years of age, and he's still driving like he was in his early to mid 20s. I like that. It's, he's now starting to get back of that flashback of old, and it's really exciting to see. We'll definitely not see him maybe on the podium this year, but if Renault or Alpine, I should say, get a car that's looking good for 2022, watch out. I think he might get some decent results next year. The problem is everyone needs that same thing to come through. Harry um, Ricciardo had, um, had I think, a blinder because fifth is a great result. Holding off Carlos Sainz for, it felt like 15 laps at under a second, was brilliant, but... As pointed out by, um, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Brundle, he was still, you know, 15, 20 seconds behind Lando. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would say he had a blinder. Like, I think he he was where he is. Uh, you know, he didn't do badly, but I think circumstances helped him keep that position. He did well to keep Carlos off. But yeah, I, I think if I had to give it, like, you know, a, a grade, I'd, I'd probably give it a, a B plus. I would say. Well, there it is. That's the headline. B plus for Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> um, and, and and obviously it would be madness not to talk about Lewis. I mean, you know, what I find most fascinating about that drive is if you were to be able to sit on board with him for 52 laps, he came close to a massive incident in that tangle with Max, but luckily for him, it was really only Max that, um, that was went out. But, you know, 50 laps later, he pulled the same move on Charles Leclerc on the same corner and and pulled it off for the lead, Connor. Incredible. Incredible. And I mean, you gotta remember Christian Horner was raving mad, saying you can't pass at cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was raving with fury and he says, You can't pass at cops. You are not allowed to pass at cops. Uh Lewis did that quite a number of times during that race after that incident and he took the lead commandingly on that same corner that happened on lap one and he lived to tell the tale. So, yeah, it just, um, look, controversial without a question, the, the entire result, but there's no doubt that Lewis drove out of his skin to get back into the lead and he won the Grand Prix, fair and square. Yeah, Harry, I just think that um, what we learnt there is that you certainly—we've always known—you can't you can't assume um, Hamilton's ever out of the race. God, no. um, the strategy mm. of Mercedes is is flawless, and um, Christian Horner um, can over talk basically. And he's just got that gear, like it, it, you know, he's one of the greats of, of all time for a reason. It's just that gear when he needs it. You know, he's he's not just content with being out the front by twenty seconds, and he needs that clean air. He can, he can fight through the paddock. And I think that's a clear separator between him and Valtteri. All right, Connor, it's mm. time for the most important part of the show, which is you letting us know where we are. World Championship status for constructors and drivers. Where are we at constructors-wise? Because obviously Red oh, Bull yeah. uh, come up with zero uh, here. And, uh, well, they only come up with... Mercedes um, only, only, only fail uh, to get second. 
Yeah, well, basically, if you include the sprint race points, they really only got four points for the entire weekend. Mm. They got three from the sprint win from Verstappen, and they only got that single point for fastest lap from Perez. No, so but he they doesn't got... get that point because he's 16th. Oh, that's right, too. So, yeah, you're right. So, wow. Well, so oh, the sprint sheet's wrong. There's going to be drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you are right. So there you go. I think... Um, Wow. Well, let's have a look firstly at the driver standings because I've got no, the right can I, I, I can tell you off the F1 website. Oh, I don't want to ruin your bloody uh, spreadsheet. But, All right. Uh, well, how about, how about this? Red Bull are now leading Mercedes by four points. That's it. So 289 by 285. Four points of difference. So close. McLaren, 163. Ferrari, 148. Still a That's solid a... lead over Ferrari given Ferrari had a strong showing here. Uh, yeah. McLaren not essentially neutralised it, but came close to neutralising that um, that result from Charles. Yeah, Battle for Fifth is now getting very interesting too because you've got AlphaTauri forty nine, Aston Martin forty eight, and Alpine on forty. Wow, and that's Ren- that, that, it's getting tight. Renault, Alpine, essentially pushing towards trying to achieve fifth place. But still, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, Harry, it's it's most fascinating that the the you know, especially Renault, <laughs> are battling for fifth, not third. And that's that's the travesty of that um, that organisation. Yeah, it is. But, you know, as Connor mentioned just before, let's see what happens next year. But we say that about everyone. Yeah, I think Connor, I've, just, I've still got this feeling that I've still got this feeling that this time next year, you know, all this hope... We're going to be saying the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, Drivers' Championship. Drivers' Championship, there's only eight points of difference between Max and Lewis now. So mm. Verstappen, by virtue of only getting those three points, didn't gain much of it from the weekend. 185 to Lewis now on 177. So tight battle there. The battle for third, that's getting even interesting now because Lando now elevates himself into third, back up into third in the Constructors on 113. Valtteri now in fourth on 108, and Checo has dropped from third to fifth on 104. Mm. So that's the top five. Charles Leclerc. 80 points on six. Carlos Sainz, 68 on seventh position. Eighth is Daniel Ricciardo, 50 points. Pierre Gasly, 39. Sebastian Vettel, 30 points. That's the top 10. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, Lando achieving a, a solid third would be the the result. I mean, that top that whole top three is going to be exciting all year because Valtteri needs to come third. Um, otherwise, getting beaten by Lando is embarrassing, and that's, that's contract... Um, time for him so that's i think that's the real challenge there um this weekend harry we didn't hear those uh rumors eventuate with the announcement of russell although there was all those so many grabs of, of russell at silverstone saying i will be driving a mercedes powered car next year he stumbled a few times but um it feels like something's been done but we just don't have clarity. Yeah. I, I wonder if like because he definitely seems to be being super cheeky about it and we know how yeah. badly he wants it how pissed oh, off of he hasn't had it so far that it, the fact that he's joking about this much makes me think that something's being oh, done and yeah. hasn't been announced. Yeah, I agree. So um, the British Grand Prix done and dusted. The next next up is August the 1st, um, hopefully post-lockdown, but um, <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, um, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm doubtful we're going to be uh, out of lockdown by then, but... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Hungarian so Grand Prix. odds on that? Maybe I'll put some there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't chase. What did your son say? Don't chase your losses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little bastard. Gamble responsibly. That's what they always say to me. Because the, <laughs> the, ads, the ads for the TAB come up during – we watch the MLB a lot. 
uh, we love the Dodgers, and the only the only local ad is MLB, and so it's the same ad over and over again. It's like you know, gamble responsibly. My kids say it all the time. Anyway, Hungary, uh, August the first, uh, Belgium, um, August twenty nine. So that's uh, that's the winter uh, summer break for them, is it? Yep, that's correct. All right, so um, that'll be an interesting one because that's a that's a solid break before we head into a action packed end of year, which doesn't feature Australia. Um, but we'll um, we'll mull over that, and even the the new Albert Park track isn't even in F one twenty twenty one. So um, I think I was maybe too much looking forward to driving the new track in the in the in the computer <laughs> game. I still hope they update it at some point. But anyway, so goes life. Boys, it's uh, fucking early in the morning. Um, time for bed and uh, another race in a few weeks. Boys, uh, talk to you then. See you yeah. then. See ya. 